Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze with Grace Goller. Dealing with cancer is by no means easy to handle, but our program aims to make it easier through knowledge. Whether you've been recently diagnosed, are going through treatment right now, or are a survivor, our program will have points that you should hear. And by sharing our stories together, we'll make it truly a life-changing experience that you don't have to go through alone. Now, here is your host, Grace Gawler. Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze. I'm your host, Grace Gawler, and today I have with me Peter Trahern. Um, Peter has been a cancer patient, and he's going to be telling us today about his story and about his quest for recovery and, indeed, his recovery. Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze, Peter. Thanks, Grace. Would you um, tell the listeners a little bit about your story? Um, be as detailed, actually, as you like, um, from the time of your diagnosis to your prognosis to where you are now. Okay. Um, about two and a half years ago, I went to the toilet one day and had a lot of blood in the toilet bowl. Um, at that point in my life, I was 137 kilos and very fat. Uh, the next day I had a colonoscopy. Um, I did push things along quite quickly and I was diagnosed with a T4, a very large rectal tumour, six centimetres in from the anal verge. It hadn't spread anywhere at that point. Um, I then did, uh, I saw three different surgeons and three different hospitals and picked the best one which was St Vincent's in Sydney. I had two surgeons um, plan to take the tumour out. Before they could do that, they did preoperative um, radiotherapy, 25 fractions over 25 days with continuous chemo. I had a very good response to that conventional therapy. Um, the tumour was subsequently removed after a, a three-month uh, gap. Um, that three-month gap was actually to let your colon heal so that uh, they could the anastomosis of the join could actually have the best chance of working. That all worked really well. Um, my oncologist suggested six months of post-operative chemo because it was a large invasive tumour. Um, I did that with a, that was with Folfox. Um, I, I, during that stage, I'd really gotten heavily into natural therapies to support the side effects of chemo and to boost my metabolism. Um, and so I did the six months chemo. Um, I made it through all the blood tests. Um, and I thought I was supposed to have a very good chance of not having the cancer come back. Unfortunately, about a, about a year after um, I'd finished chemo, it, uh, my cancer marker started to rise. Um, that that rise coincidentally happened at a, about a month after I got infected with malaria and I was scuba diving in a remote tropical location. So I'd gotten back to my passion, which is underwater photography. And um, I, I do believe that getting malaria contributed to the cancer recurrence, but you can't prove it. So then I tried, again, all of the naturopathic solutions to stop my cancer marker rising. 
it rose very slowly, basically over a 10-month period, um, but nothing I tried in the holistic or the natural therapies world stopped that, that rise. And I, I wasn't a candidate for any conventional therapy because nothing appeared on a scan. So I had a clear run at every natural and alternative therapy that was possible of, you know, like, let's see, I was doing artemisin and I was doing vitamin C four times a week. I was doing Chinese herbal medicine. I was done countless therapies that I've documented on my blog. Um, yes, we'll find out about your blog yeah. in a minute so, so we can get uh, yeah. people actually tuning into that. So I basically um, did a scan. Uh, we'd run out of money to some extent and I found out that I could get uh, access to my retirement savings if I had a terminal prognosis and the oncologist was willing to write that letter for me. He suggested to do just a... It had been six months since I'd done a PET scan and he said, let's do a PET scan. So I did a PET scan and it showed a couple of tumours in my liver um, all through my peritoneum and a spot in my lung. So then... um, the turbo prognosis was pretty grim and I was basically offered just palliative um, chemo from the oncology side or from the surgical side a very interesting but radical and difficult surgery called HIPEC um, and I was torn between those two choices for about a month. During that time I a dear friend of mine who's now passed away told me that I should contact yourself and get an opinion. Um, so uh, we did that, and um, within a day of the uh, my life insurance money being paid out, I was actually on a plane to um, the Halloween Clinic um, to see what this next level of therapies could offer me. Mm-hmm. So once you arrived at Halvang, the journey began in a whole different way. Um, tell us about your experience through those various treatments, particularly in the early days. Um, I was um, really quite ill in a good way in that I, I was blessed with a really good response to the therapy called Remover. Um, and I remember remember everyone saying how bad I looked. I don't think they remembered how good I looked on the first day that I arrived here, but I started the hardcore therapies on the second day after arrival because I was in very good shape. And I I believe that my relatively good shape, considering I was a stage four metastatic colorectal cancer patient, but I was still exercising, I was still in many senses incredibly healthy, um, was a very good omen for my immune system to do what it's done so far. So I, um, I was knocked for six with the therapies. I, I had no energy. Um, my poor liver was working overtime, I think, detoxing dying tumour cells. Um, and also there is some collateral damage or, you know, uh, the, the, the removab therapy does... It's a taxing therapy, but it's very effective. Mm-hmm. So you, I was getting drips 10 or 12 hours a day where they're trying to rebuild me from the, from the, from the basically the success of the therapy. Um, and then as soon as I got well enough, then I did a professor viral, um, which was an amazing experience. Um, then I did another removab, and then I did another removab, and then I did another Professor Vogel. And uh, we interviewed Professor Vogel on this program just a few weeks back, so uh, for anybody who wants to catch up on what Professor Vogel does, do look in the archives on the Voice America website. Um, the, the idea that even like with Vogel for me, I had different areas of uh, tumours. So he targeted one session was on my peritoneum, the next session was on the the liver, which was obviously the the life-threatening aspect of my illness. And then he did another part of the liver with lymph nodes. So the, the, the targeted nature and the, the selective targeting over a, a three-month period 
I thought was a very wise therapeutic approach and I at the end of the three months in a nutshell um, I looked at my cancer marker and it was down at 39 the day I got off the plane at Halloween it was 81 a week after starting the Remove-Ab therapy my cancer marker went to 1770 and that was the clear sign to me that these therapies were working that my immune system could destroy my tumour cells and, and do it very clearly. Um, I pieced to together these cancer marker things actually myself because I've all done a different lab so no one doctor at, unfortunately as a patient I, got, I have a view of what's happening to me in a more detailed way than all the different doctors doing therapies. When um, I'd, one of the best referrals Hal Wang made was to send me to Dudestat, to uh, Professor Nesselhut, where I then commenced um, a dendritic cell vaccination program. That was sort of after the, basically about 10, 10 weeks of therapy at Hal Wang. Um, a lot of my friends that I met at the clinic were only here for three or four weeks and I had this clear impression that the longer I could stay, the healthier I would be and the better my chances of overcoming this. And I, I learned a lot every day and I'd learned a lot from people even at the clinic and I'd seen a few of them come back, you know, they so they... And I, I, even though I missed my family and my old life, I didn't want to do this international yo-yo exercise where I'd go home and my tentative remission would disappear after two months or three months. I just figured that was really a waste of money and a waste of the opportunity of survival, that if there was ever a time now that I had my illness on the run, I was going to really nail it if I could. You know, it wouldn't be, let's go home and go out to the movies and pretend to have a normal life for three months and then have a spot come up on the other lung or another spot start growing in my liver. I said, I will throw everything that I've got access to medically in terms of Wang and the other centres in Germany and what I can do personally. Yeah, I think your mindset is quite remarkable among many cancer patients that uh, I've met. You've got a very determined track and I think that's something that other patients could actually learn from you. Um, before we go on and talk about the mind aspect, what was it like to get that first PET scan? You know, when you had your PET scan prior to going to Halvang, and then you got the, <laughs> the PET scan with the real truth, because, you know, a lot of people can say, oh, yes, I've recovered and my tumour markers were down, but the proof of the pudding is, is in the scans. That was one of the most joyous days of my life. It was completely unexpected. I just, uh, it was a few days after Christmas, I'd been away on holiday. I'd come home for six weeks to be with my family over Christmas and everything was shut over the Christmas period. So around the 14th of January, I remember the day. And it was on the same PET scanning machine. They did my first scan, which showed the full nature of my Ill of the illness, uh -huh. and um, it was the one of the best places in Sydney RPA Hospital, which is a cancer specialist centre. And um, to to read their words that there was no evidence of disease where there was previously evidence of disease, um, I just read it a few. I cried. We were I was overjoyed, and then about half an hour later, I also got the cancer marker back. So my marker had gone basically, because these were Australian-based cancer marker tests that went from my CA was 81 on, um, you know, the 5th of October, the day before I left, left for Germany. And two weeks after I've gotten back from Germany, my cancer marker's at 3.6. And I, I was at my um, alternative Dr. Ashley Berry's office. We were looking at the scores and I... 
I hugged him and kissed him on the cheek. He, he's not normally an emotional guy, but he said this is the best response he's ever seen. To his credit, he, he didn't cause my great therapeutic response. That was the therapies at Halloween in Germany. But what he did, to his credit, for the eight months before I went to Germany, we had explored every aspect of my biology from a biochemistry point of view. So my brain hormones, my gut health, everything that could be targeted in a holistic, um, basically called functional and integrative medical perspective, mm -hmm. was, was done with Ashley. Um, and that support, of course, is very important. You've got someone there walking with you as a doctor, even though there's nothing whiz-bang happening but I think that support that was there is really, really important. We're going to take a break on navigating the cancer maze, and I'm going to come back with Peter after the break, and I'd like to explore his thoughts and his experience on the power of the mind in staying on track with this type of recovery. Back soon. Don't go away. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Holvung Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.holvung-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Welcome back with Navigating the Cancer Maze. I'm your host, Grace Gawler, and I'm speaking to a former cancer patient, um, Peter Trahern, and he'll tell you a little bit about his blog. So we heard from Peter before the break about his story um, in entirety, and what I'd like to talk about with you now, Peter, is the mind factor in not so much curing cancer, but being resilient and strategizing to really make decisions and stick to the path. So I'd like to uh, hear your comments on that. Your story is very inspirational for other patients. And, um, you know, I think this is uh, a method that can be followed, it can be reproduced. So tell us your thoughts about the mind's uh, role, if you like, in your recovery. Um, some wonderful person said the mind that changes everything. Look, I, my mind is focused on my survival. Um, I, every day I see how beautiful life is and it motivates me to do some relatively simple lifestyle behaviours that I think encourage good health. And that discourages a metastatic illness. It's a very simple equation that I have faith in. And faith is another area of my life that's changed and that's a part of my mind, it's my spirit. So I'm praying every morning I get out of bed I take a deep breath and I thank God that 
I'm still alive. And I'm aware that I've got a, a chronic um, condition. And cancer is, doesn't, I don't think of it as a terminal illness. I think of it as a chronic condition that if we've got access to the right medicine and the right attitudes ourselves that we can, that we can prevail over, that we don't have to succumb to, we don't have to die from it. Um, so I've had these crazy experiences in my life that sort of helped me come to terms with my cancer challenges. One of them was I found my dad dead when I was 14. Um, another one, I was actually at six weeks old, I was abandoned as a baby for a few days. And my, my, my mother had a mental illness and she told me, she remembers me being on the floor in a derelict house with broken glass from the windows. Now, I clearly couldn't remember that as a six... I think I was only six weeks old at that point. But there are elements of this early childhood where I think they do shape your your survival instincts as a, as a person. Um, when I was at university, I failed every subject one semester because I fell in love with a beautiful girl from Tasmania, Anna. And um, she... I still kept on doing that course and I graduated with my computing science degree. So even in my early 20s, I didn't give up. Then um, a few years later, I um, built a quite a successful business property empire, taking lots of risks. And one thing I did, I bought two lovely properties in the centre of Sydney on 10 credit cards with no finance. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and that worked out very well for me. Um, so I, I have always taken calculated risks. Uh, then a few years ago, I was swimming out at sea um, and the anchor rope snapped and we were 12 kilometres offshore, my friend and I, and the boat was no longer there. And we had this massive ordeal to save our lives. Again, there was never any concept in my brain that I was not going to make it. And... Then I got my. Then I was diagnosed with cancer, and likewise, I thought, well, I've, I've survived all of these different other things in my life, and this is just another challenge. And I, I'd also equate the the reoccurrence with even another challenge. I thought I was through the cancer experience, then they have the the reoccurrence. Um, that um, then I thought, oh heck, this is. Now I'm in the you know the five percent survival club. For heck, I didn't think surviving would be testing me this much, but I started. This is the best part. So I walked into my fantastic surgeon's office. He looked at me. He put his head down. He said, "I'm sorry, Pete. Your cancer marker is five point nine. At that point, from conventional medicine's perspective, he was looking at a dead man as far as he's concerned with a metastatic illness. I was there with my wife. But the, this summarises the, the mindset was as we were leaving that appointment, I got on my mobile phone, I called Ashley Berry, my alternative doctor. Who, he wasn't my doctor at that point. There was no appointments for two months. I asked, I got the address. I drove over there with a box of chocolates, gave it to the receptionist. <laughs> Um, I had an appointment that afternoon with Ashley, and the next day I was on vitamin C four days a week. So there was there was no stopping me at any point of my medical treatment in searching out therapies that I believed would help me. And that meant going halfway around the world to uh, the magic of the Black Forest and what's happened in terms of my, my health at the moment and that my illness isn't present on a scan. Um, I may have a few circulating tumor stem cells that we're actively doing therapies to um, address. Um, but I, I have this insatiable curiosity about my own survival in some sort of a, a detached sort of way that I do all this work to survive. I do all of this research. Um, I meet amazing patients, amazing support people like Grace, amazing doctors like Dr. Nesselhut and Dr. Kopic. 
um, Dr. Ursula Jacobs. Um, I've been going to interesting medical conferences and occasionally I put down I'm a doctor when I'm not really a doctor just so that I get in there and I don't look like a patient because doctors don't like patients going on their conferences. So um, just so that I don't challenge them, I um, sort of put down I'm a naturopathic doctor. And in some ways I have, I'm a naturopathic doctor from the School of Hard Knocks, the University of Life. I, Absolutely. So I enjoy the conferences. The challenging part is um, that they're in German in Germany. And one of the most wonderful doctors I met that got me into the power of the mind was a Dr. Catherine, a lovely blonde holistic doctor and um, she was a very good looking young lady and I, she was sitting in the front row of this oncology lecture at the Baden-Baden conference and it was, I'm not normally forward or anything but I walked up and sat right next to her and said would you mind translating for me, I'd never met her before and she said sure, I said I'm a cancer patient and um, I snuck into that lecture and this was Dr Herzog was speaking, one of Germany's best holistic um, doctors and so I sat through three hours of oncology lectures getting the key points translated that is just a, I guess an example of my mindset where I've sought out knowledge and support um, asking for help is possibly my greatest strength when you need help um, you and everyone with cancer needs help. I clearly still need a lot of help. Um, it's on the emotional and the mental side in particular, I've enjoyed speaking with Carolyn. She's a counsellor at Halloween. We've explored lots of interesting aspects of my mind and of healing. Um, it's a difficult... It's a privilege to do this journey. I've been challenged with many of my friends with cancer not embracing my strategies and I it sounds egotistical I guess but I, I just felt so privileged to have the results that I've had and I've wanted that for other people and it's taken me a while to realize that I um, can just share my story and Everyone has to run their own race and that that beating this sort of a metastatic illness is possible but it takes a lot of focus and a lot of effort and that hopefully um, if this talks to you in your heart that you're looking for a, a cure then you know you can you can put the effort in with a smile and no expectation and you might you you might be pleasantly surprised um, regardless of well, I've no expectation of my future um, whatever God gives me I'll gratefully accept I'm happy to be here today I've got many friends that have already passed away so if I can just live each day as healthily as, and as well as possible and I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, I get a lot of peace that I've sort of shown my wife and my children um, some important lessons in life, that you don't give up, that you can have integrity, that you, that, that you have to try and overcome the challenges that life gives us. And that can be in any different dimension. Cancer's been the current dimension and um, so not, not giving up is possibly my, my greatest attribute that's helped me get to where I am at the moment. Mm. Your story is really inspirational and you're very earnest in the way that you walk your path. Um, and I know for myself, uh, having had a life-saving surgery in the Netherlands a decade ago now, that... Um, it's no easy challenge going against the flow. And uh, in my own situation, I think I had about 16 um, specialists involved and uh, two of those actually were pro me surviving. And it takes a certain something. And I liked it when you talked about the survivor 
mentality. I think that's optimism which comes natural with some people, but if you're out there and you think I'm a real pessimist and you're listening to Peter's uh, story, I think optimism actually can be learned and I think hope can be um, engendered and I think it's authentic hope. But walking this path that you have walked um, highlights to me your survival strategies innate and yes, no one else can reproduce that. They've got to kind of work for it, you know, themselves. They can't just say, well, I want to be a Peter. Um, they have to find that for themselves. And I think everybody has that little hero inside themselves. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. there's... Um, Joseph Campbell was some wonderful, I think, 20th century philosopher, and he, he looked at heroes in all different cultures mm. and that spoke to me a lot and basically it was like the knights of the round table when king arthur had said all of the knights had to go out and find their own path through the forest that's right and i i love that story and that that ultimately we've all got our own journeys that the medical things that have helped me um, will be outdated I, in, a, in, a, in another month in another week there'll be better medicine um, the tragedy is that most patients won't even be aware that our medicine's evolving so fast mm -hmm. and that's the beauty of where I think the internet's helped me in finding the information and finding the therapies um, and in actually researching the therapies that I've had at Halloween, I can, I've been, I've all, I will, they will tell me something, they will do something to me, and I'll go back and research it. And I'll, you know, I've got this vision in my head of dendritic cells moving um, the hydrogen peroxide poison around inside the cellular structure to the lipid wall barrier next to the adjacent tumor cell. I, I've seen it on videos that I've watched on YouTube that the exact nature of which the therapies that I'm having work so when people some people can visualize mythical or their, their imaginations with regard to their healing which is certainly worthwhile I do that in a, in a much more vivid sense even a few days ago I was with Dr. Nessel who having my fourth dendritic cell vaccination he showed me pictures of my monocytes that were untrained and my completely trained um, dendritic cells with the furry bits that means they can detect um, where, where the tumour cells are. That's fantastic. That imagery, it, I just couldn't stop looking at those. I, I was gazing at those. I was quiet for a few minutes. I'm, and that's not often for me. So I just watched and looked at these pictures. I showed my kids, they were in there, and my wife, that this is what the it costs ten thousand Australian dollars per vaccination, but that's a week and a half's worth of therapy. Um, these are my own DNA is saving my own life, and all that's happening, I just give it to my wonderful doctor. He trains my cells, and he gives my cells back to me, and it works. And this is where the immunotherapy revolution. It can happen for so many other people. What, what breaks my heart is that patients are trying chemotherapies first and prejudicing their ability to have an immunotherapy result. Um, the message I've heard from a few of the doctors is that they generally see better outcomes if you try immunotherapies before uh, hardcore systemic chemotherapies. So for some people, um, you know, that's, that's a clinical message that I've got for me. I didn't do any chemotherapy with my reoccurrence until I had, until, until I ended up at Professor Vogel and then the chemotherapy was targeted. It wasn't systemic. Mm -hmm. um, my immune system is, even though I've got heavy metals, um, is still operating in a way that will that's saving my life. Um, and you can see all these different tests that show how well my immune system's running. Um, 
And I'm just grateful that I've had all the care and support in many different ways. I'm also grateful for myself that I've, in a way, had the experiences in life and an attitude that's helped me piece together my, to find my way through Absolutely. the cancer maze. If, if, it, if what I've been blessed to experience is something that you want to experience, I can say I believe it's possible for everyone. I, I'm just as human as anybody else. My DNA is the same as yours to a significant extent. I'm not a freak. My cancer is a very common cancer. It's a colorectal cancer that affects, you know, I think it's the second big. it's probably the biggest killer in America or the second biggest killer. Um, there is a way to beat colorectal cancer in particular, and I think all can, most cancers, if, 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 you, um, if you really start looking for it, um, one thing I, 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 all the effort I've put in, even if I failed, uh, would guarantee me of a joyful death, that I would have a clear conscience at the end of my road that I have given um, my life and my health um, a good shot. Now I'm actively aiming at turning 100. I'm 46. You know, um, I abused my health as a young adult. You know, as I said earlier, I was... 137 kilos, uh, two and a half years. I've got more muscle. I've got. I look better than I've ever looked in my life, and I've got a good chance of coming through this very challenging illness. Um, I've got a beautiful wife and two kids to share the rest of my life with, and many friends. And I'm clearly focused on that, and I'm also focused on trying to, if I can, help a few people that are interested in, um, in overcoming or in fighting their cancer with style and hope, then that's where I'm at. Great. Can you tell us, um, you have a blog. It's very informative. You've given a blow-by-blow -blow description all along the way. Can you tell us how people get to your blog? Um, just um, Google Peter uh, Trahern, T-R-A-Y-H-U-R-N, um, and, and blog, and you'll find it. It's messy in some sense, but it's, it's real life and it's con contemporaneous. I have put up almost all of my medical records and um, a lot of the medical references that the Halloween doctors and different doctors have given me, I've published in my medical documents. Um, the th you know the science behind Removab, behind dendritic cells, um, they're not widely available. Some of these papers, um, even the papers for um, artemisinin, um, is they're intriguing. Um, so I've I've shared a lot of it. Um, now I'm, I'm I'm still continuing to do this, um, and uh, I hope you enjoy reading little parts of my story. And um, I really wish um, you the best health that's achievable for you. Great. Um, I think uh, just in conclusion, many people talk about their cures, their recoveries, whatever, and uh, they don't put the material up on their blogs. Or it's very hard to find. But in your case, I think this is really excellent that you're documenting it. Um, because people do need the proof that these things are possible and they're not just some mythical anecdotal story. So here on Navigating the Cancer Maze, that's what we like to look at. Um, just in closing, uh, thank you very much for this interview. It's been from the heart and I'm very appreciative that you're sharing this and inspiring other patients. And as Joe Campbell always said, that the remedy for life was to follow your bliss. And um, Peter Trahern is certainly following his bliss. Thanks, Grace. Thank you for being here today, Peter. We'll be back shortly on Navigating the Cancer Maze. Bye for now. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Welcome back to Navigating the Cancer Maze, and I'm your host, Grace Gawler. I'd like to thank our guest today, Peter Trahern, who's been very disclosive in his uh, life story and his recovery from cancer. Just to tell you a little bit more about Peter, he is a 47-year-old gentleman and he comes from Sydney in Australia. Now, Peter's married with two children and at the moment he has full-time involvement in his own survivorship. He describes himself as, as you heard in the interview, a fighter, a lover, a risk-taker and an optimist whose passion has been to explore the world with his cameras, capturing moments in and out of the sea, very keen on his underwater photography. He almost drowned at the Chandelier Cave in Palau in Micronesia. He's been head-to-head -head with an angry bull shark, he tells me, was lost at sea and has had a life full of close encounter adventures. His greatest close encounter with death, however, has been dealing with colorectal cancer, metastatic colorectal cancer, which he has approached in a focused and dedicated manner, just as he's done with all of his other life challenges. Peter says he's been saved by Jesus, strangers, friends, nurses and doctors. He's got a great sense of humour and he passionately lives every day with hope and love and he never gives up. His rescue photos have miraculously travelled the globe and he says, I pray the real survivor message touches many people and saves lives, mine included. Such is the life of Peter Trahern. So throughout the series of Navigating the Cancer Maze, we've had some patients who have recounted their very personal stories of the journey of cancer, some while they're going through cancer and others after the journey has been completed. Now there are many things that we can draw from these experiences and over the coming weeks we're going to change the emphasis of navigating the cancer maze to the patient. Personalised care, personalised medicine in cancer care involves very much the patient and their input into their recovery. So I'm going to be interviewing a number of people uh, who have had extraordinary experiences and many of them, like Peter, who have used all of their inner resources, gathered as many of their outer resources, including conventional and smart complementary, and with guidance have been able to put together a healing program. Now we know there's not one size fits all in any kind of healing but I think the information that will be coming over the airwaves here in a few weeks is going to enrich and value add to the information that you've already had on navigating the cancer maze. So the move will be from health professionals um, through to patient stories. Now in saying patient stories 
always we must be very careful about the anecdotal story. And the anecdotal story in cancer medicine, I think, is a, is a very important one to put in its proper place, where people believe that they may have recovered from a life-threatening illness, a cancer situation, or indeed they may have been misdiagnosed with a cancer. Now, quite often these people, and some of them are well-meaning, go out into the community and advertise their um, their wares, if you like, their cancer entrepreneurs now in the recovery sense. And they really try to encourage people to do exactly what they did to recover. So many of those stories have been found to be left wanting. It's something to watch out for as you surf the net, um, as you hear stories from word of mouth, and as you even look in your bookstore. It's really important that anyone who has recovered from cancer, as in Peter's situation, that the medical records are accessible, biopsies have been taken, they've been checked, treatments have been recorded, and all the other treatments that someone has done, including the complementary treatments as well, have been recorded. Now, Peter Trahern's done this really beautifully on his blog. If you do just Google his name, Peter Trahern blog, it will come up. And do have a look through Peter's medical records. So if you're one of the people out there today who has colorectal cancer and you've been inspired by Peter's story, please do have a look at his blog. Now, um, Peter came with us last year, and when I say us, I mean the Grace Schooler Institute. We actually organise tours from Australia. They're called Medi Tours, and those Medi Tours go to Germany, and they go to the Halvang Private Oncology Clinic, where we know the best of conventional medicine um, that's available. And it's not to say that medicine in your own country is inadequate. It's just that some of the medicines that Halvang have access to as a small private hospital are quite exceptional. It may be a long time before we see those particular treatments being accessed in uh, the Western world. So if you're interested in coming along on one of our Meditours to Halvang Private Oncology Clinic, you can contact me. Now I have a new email, um, a very important new email. It's actually called Navigating the Cancer Maze. Now that's all one word, lowercase, do be careful with the spelling, navigating the cancer maze at gmail.com. Now if you're interested in coming along to any of the um, tours that we have, the next tour will be in early July and we're usually at Halvang for a period of around about one month. People can join us in Singapore, as did Peter Trahern, um, and people who come from overseas, that be it England or Ireland or the US, can actually join us at the clinic and become a part of quite an exceptional group. Um, every group that we have taken, the people, the camaraderie, um, the healing, the humour has been really, really exceptional. So if you're interested in that, please do contact us. We've just revamped our website also. So if you want to read about the treatments in Germany, and we have a great slideshow on the homepage, please visit German Cancer Treatments, or one word, lowercase, germancancertreatments.com. There you'll find information about doctors and treatments, information about myself, and uh, a lot of testimonials from people like Peter Trahern that have visited Halvang Private Oncology Clinic. Now, in conclusion, um, I'd just like to go back to the power of the story. And uh, as we'll be presenting over the next few weeks, very powerful stories from patients that are um, authenticated. Just remember a few of the stories also that we've had so far. Um, I'd like to point out the extraordinary work of Carol Hirschberg, who I interviewed um, earlier this year. If you'd like to go back into the archives on the side of the menu of this page, I'd really suggest that maybe it's a good idea to even re-listen or listen for the first time to Carol's interview. 
Um, Carol published a book in 1993. It was published by the Institute of Noetic Sciences and it explored the different states of remission as they have been recorded in the medical literature. It's a very inspiring read and you can get that book online from the Institute of Noetic Sciences. It's free to access. I-O-N-S, IONS, is short for Institute of Noetic Sciences. So I think Carol has a lot to say in that book and her further book, Remarkable Recoveries, which was on the New York Times bestseller list. And of course, we mustn't forget the story of Debbie Frankie Ogg. Her story of unexpected remission from stage four nodular lymphoma was the basis for a 1988 feature film called A Leap of Faith, which was also later called A Question of Faith. Um, it starred Sam Neill and Anne Archer. So she's now a therapist based in New York, helping other cancer patients. And we're many, many years on, decades on, from Debbie's original diagnosis. In the coming weeks, I will be interviewing Bob Allel, who has recently co-authored a book called The Energy Warrior. And um, this is a book that focuses on the power of Qigong in the healing process Bob is also a stage four survivor. Um, unlike Debbie, he has had a lot of chemotherapy, a lot of relapses, more treatments, and found a lot of his healing, um, he thinks, in Qigong. And so it's going to be really fascinating to interview Bob Alal soon. So that's it for today on Navigating the Cancer Maze. I hope you found this episode particularly inspirational. Please contact me if you need to. And I will be back next week with another interesting session for you, the patient. Bye for now and have a great week. Thank you again for listening to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Please join your host, Grace Goller, again next Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, cancer is not something you have to face alone. Thank you.